0: Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and I'll be honest, I thought at the beginning of this week it was going to be a nice, calm, short, relaxing show, and uh, that didn't happen.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> it, thought as of two days ago we'd be fine. but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
0: uh, very quickly ramped up, so uh, before we dive into yet another marathon session, I, I'm going to load or preload a short break so i can play the pre-recorded video about upcoming events welcome back everyone you've already heard the usual greeting for the beginning of tech talk but this is a pre-recorded segment just to talk a little bit about a few events that are coming up in the very near future we wanted to give a shout out to Gaming Versus Cancer. Gaming Versus Cancer is a convention held at the University of Southampton Highfield Campus, and it's going to be on the weekend of March 21st and 22nd. This convention started in 2013 as Clicks for Cancer and has since then raised £28,000 or $36,000 for Cancer Research UK. If you have the opportunity, definitely check out this event. We're going to do our best to have All of the appropriate links in the description of this video and podcast. One other event we wanted to give a shout out to is the 7th Annual Hunter Burton Memorial Open. This particular event is focused on raising suicide awareness. Whereas in the past it was primarily based in Magic the Gathering, now it's going to be expanding to include other games, the Transformers TCG among them. The Transformers portion is scheduled to take place on Saturday, March 28th, and this is another worthwhile cause that if you have the opportunity to, you should consider supporting. One additional event that we wanted to call out is, well, our own, and that is the Transformers CCG Grand Tournament. Now we don't have a charity attached to this particular one this time around, although we have run them in the past. Instead, we wanted to call this out because A, Top Deck has made a lot of efforts to support the community in the past. The prizes are fantastic, but additionally. We're tacking on a little bit extra. As we discussed on previous shows, there's going to be Origins passes added on for the the culmination event. And then there are chances to win raffles leading up to that event for the same thing, that is Origins passes. So if you have the opportunity, come on down. These are going to be monthly events. We're always looking for new people. And we are back. And as we are... Segueing from those events to other events, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Neil from the Shuffle Bus for taking down Legendary Wolf's uh, masterpiece event. That's actually the first topic on the list. Wanted to give him a shout out, but I also thought it was really cool that it's an event that was giving away toys. We did see that at EI. Thank you, wife. My wife is very carefully handing me something very hot it's tea cuz i'm going to need some caffeine or i'm not making it through this recording scott understand <laughs> um so thank you wife uh as i was saying legendary wolf ran this masterpiece event which was also streamed which it, so there's a there's a number of different facets that i wanted to call attention to uh that it, this was a really cool event and there were there were a lot of things that there are to discuss we're only going to cursory go over them so obviously as i said shout out to neil for taking it down um i think it's really cool that there are toys involved because that is kind of the genesis of this thing that we all know and love um i know that's not necessarily everybody's primary goal of course everybody would prefer certain types of green paper i guess depending on what country you're from maybe it's a different color um but things that add numbers to your bank account. But I do think it's awesome to have toys as part of the prizes. Do you care at all, Scott? I know um Dan's not too excited about having plastic clogging up his living room, but would you ever be interested in winning one of these things?
1: I mean, we're fortunate that we live in Philadelphia, so when we when Dan won, he was able to just put it in the car. But I mean, like, I yeah. think if I had to travel to an event and had to take back something of that size i would probably Mm. just be looking to upload it right away but (laughs) right like it's not a bad thing it's just that like I, i wouldn't want to have to travel with it because it would probably yeah i don't know cost me an extra 50 bucks to take home or something like that so
0: yeah it's kind of in the same vein as an actual physical trophy i mean the masterpieces i have my masterpiece sound wave it happened to be on my desk anyway um so and it's not Box-wise, like, it's not that big. Like, you could fit it in a suitcase, but depending on what your travel arrangements are, I could certainly see the issue. Um, the other thing that I wanted to call out, as I mentioned, was the fact that it was actually streamed, which I think is cool. I mean, we do our show live streams here on Twitch. Uh, the A number of other official first-party events, including EI, were streamed. Uh, you had the chance to to cast part of it, Scott, and then also at the PPG events. Is this something in general that you think is worthwhile going forward, having the stream so people can watch from home?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I watched it. So, I mean, like, obviously, any way to get live games out there is positive. Right. Um, You know, I, I, it would, yeah, no reason not to. I mean, it's obviously rough to have it on, like, you know, I don't know how many Saturday and Sunday afternoons people are just sitting around watching twitch but who knows i mean like maybe they were i don't know you know there weren't that many people watching it but i don't know that there was that much advanced knowledge of it anyway yeah to
0: be honest i didn't know until it was already live and a couple rounds in i think and it was posted in discord and then i jumped in because it was you know i i happened to be around doing other stuff around the house um so i was checking in and out when the opportunity arose i think this sort of thing it also has the advantage of not just being the live form but also it's just more archived video for people to watch after the fact. So like you can just rip that right from Twitch and throw it on YouTube, for example. So yeah, that's positive. Um, but again, shout out to Neil. Just wanted to, uh, bring up the event real quick because I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, any, anything else you want to add on Scott before we dive into our, our marathon?
1: (laughs) No, there's just too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're going to dive right in, um, there's a lot of cards. They're grouped, as you can see, on the topic list, and we'll call them out as we usually do going through. So first one up is actually a recent reveal, Concealing Contrails. So this is a one black pip, one black plain pip. We'll find. I'll find a more eloquent way to put that. Uh, it's a secret action. It's revealed when one of your characters defends and you flip battle cards. And when it's revealed, the defender gets plus one defense until the end of battle for each black pip you flipped. Now, to be honest, I love the concept of this because when we first saw Flame Feather, I think it was, in Siege 1, the mm-hmm. uh, fire con that turned oranges into blues effectively, it didn't literally do it, but uh, it utilized your oranges as blues on defense. I thought that was a really cool concept. It seemed like an obvious way to take black pips so that that way you could actually utilize them in a different fashion because, well, we've talked a lot about the drawbacks of black pips in the past and this kind of resolves some of it. The issue being, of course, that you have to draw this. Um, You have to actually play it. And then I don't know if this is really what a plane deck wants at the moment? Maybe it does if it's trying to do the, you know, the bold four thing, blue black, and then find these sort of pips. Do you, do you like this thing, Scott? Is this something you're looking forward to playing with?
1: So I assume like if you flip another one of these, even if you're not a plane, you still get plus two defense, right? It's another one of those, like, as long as you flip it, even if it's not active, the pip isn't active, you still get the buff,
0: right? when the defender gets plus one defense until end of battle for each black pip you flipped, I would believe that if you flipped one of this card after you activated this, you would get two defense because it's still a black pip. It just doesn't count for the pierce part. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I it, think it's fine. I, I mean, I, the problem is that like, I I guess if you're, if you're a dedicated blue black deck, like I guess, like you would just turn all your blue blacks into into double blues. Yeah. Um so I guess you would run like a couple of them. I mean we're going to talk about a card later that like I think you you forces you to diversify your secret actions anyway. So that I think in the in the right deck like that, it's going to be a powerful addition, but mm. I just don't know. Like I mean it, it's it's obviously on the surface a fine card. Um I just don't know like what like a lot of the dedicated black decks basically are the equivalent of orange where they don't have a lot of defense. Right. So if, if they're, if you're in that situation, having this is probably not going to make that big of a deal, but maybe it does. Like, that's the point. Like, I mean, there's no limit on this card. So I mean, like if you, if you put it on a tough guy and like, you know, flipped like three double blacks, cause there's like a, a, a lot of them, like you'd have plus six defense. I mean, like you can't mm-hmm. really argue with that, with the potential of like literally just, even in even in a quote aggro deck, like, wh- I don't know what you would want to call it, I, I guess we'll call it that, like, blanking an opponent's entire attack is still pretty powerful. So I would imagine that, like, I would imagine that a dedicated black deck, a dedicated blue black deck would definitely want to play this just because I liter- cause you can literally just blank your opponent's entire attack by, like, having random tough on a guy that, like... You're not really using for that reason, but it has it anyway type of situation, or yeah. you, you could do it on purpose. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, like, because it's a battle card, not an action that, like, is on a character. You can't build your deck around it because it's not green. Um.
0: Right. Now, that being said, well, I mean, Force, to your point about, say, you're... I was actually thinking in an aggressive deck as a pseudo, again, another unbashable force field that we're hitting a point where there are a lot of non-star double black pip cards,
1: whether oh, yeah, even
0: just outside of, obviously if you're in the mercenary camp, you get extra ones that are beneficial, but you could hypothetically play this. And then, um, what is it hold the line? The, the white green one that we just got recently.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, okay, now you have six, three of which are greenable secret actions that you could randomly break an inbound attack hypothetically because you know if the numbers work out that you have a ton of double blacks but i don't know i don't i don't know again i like the concept i don't know if i particularly like this implementation because you have to just rely on finding it somehow in a deck that may or may not have the tools to dig deep enough to go find it
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's fair. But I, I think that I think I, I think it's fine. I, I think the I think the Pierce the, the dedicated pure decks like that I think will basically operate to where they're like I said like they're, they're your typical aggressive deck that deals like you know, guaranteed damage. So I mean, you know, I think blanking an attack in an aggro and aggro matchup is still gonna be important. Mm-hmm. so i think it's fine i mean like and' I'm like if you're playing a plane deck you're still getting another double black so it's like yeah. it's it's better than a lot of the other double blacks like as a card
0: so yeah like, i mean recently because of other topics we've had to look at crowbar much more closely than i ever thought i would
1: <laughs> right i mean like you know i think it's i think it's better than like you know some of those other ones
0: so. yeah i i can see a home for this like i can i can concoct the scenario in my head. I don't know if that scenario is going to come to fruition, I guess, is the best way I'd put it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to rely on any battle card that isn't green, so
1: I can understand. Yes.
0: That. Uh, so let's move on from Concealing Contrails to another uh, recently revealed uh, Wave 5 spoiler, I guess, was what I was saying in my head, but that's kind of redundant given the rest of the sentence that i said um <laughs> so that is conversion expertise it's a white pip utility that while the upgraded character is in alt mode it has tough one and while the upgraded character is in bot mode it has bold one um i i don't know they, what was the what is a combat training from wave one that does something yeah, very similar
1: you got both though i think right I, I if mean, I you met both
0: play. conditions, yeah, but it was, you had to have other things in play. I don't remember the exact text offhand, but.
1: Like if you had a weapon, you got bold, and if you had an armor, you got tough or something.
0: Right. Which, <laughs> it, it let's, you're probably not going to get both, I guess, in a normal game. Um, on one hand, I can appreciate what it's trying to do with this card. On the other, I. Uh, I'm struggling to find a home for it immediately off the top of my head. Was this one that you you were really enthused by, Scott? No. Yeah, it's... um, (laughs) I got nothing. We got a lot of cards to talk about. Yeah, I I think we can safely (laughs) move on from this one. Um, Sorry, I'm slurping a quick sip so that I don't pass (laughs) out mid-cast. So... Next one up is another recent one, and that is counter-espionage. Now, this one would probably have a few more words to say. Uh, this is a black pip and a green pip. It's an action. You name an action, and then you look at your opponent's hand and each face-down enemy secret action. Your opponent scraps each card from among them with that name. Uh Scott, I I have a lot of things I could say about this, but I've took first crack at the last two. Let me hand it to you first.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is clearly powerful. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's. Well, let me let me put it this way: we've seen espionage. Yes, you get a little bit more, but Scott, can you explain why this is so much better than espionage?
1: Uh because you get to hit your opponent's secret actions and. A lot of the ones that I think you'll probably see in some way, shape, or form are either very obvious targets, or they're or they green them back themselves. Mm -hmm. So you should have a pretty good idea about what you're actually hitting. Like, like I mean, there's a good chance you're just literally just canceling your opponent's entire action phase if they green back some action, like some secret action, like and Mm -hmm. then play the secret action. Like, even if they like quote gotcha, like okay, like who cares? Like it's not the biggest deal in the world. So like there's a really good chance that you're just basically going to like negate their entire action phase. If if that's what they did with their green or, or you have a pretty yeah. idea what, what it could be, or as we've said before with, we said the same more thing with secret actions themselves. Like you play it and it is like, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, like if your opponent gets around it, like then they get around it. Like, like if you stop them anyway, like, you know, in the old, like you don't see a lot of this anymore, but like, if you ate an infiltrate and they're like their hands full of orange actions and they're like, I'm not going to play one. Ha ha. It's like, well, oh, OK, well, like, you know, you, you, did yeah, the same you just thing didn't anyway, play right? one. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like, so it's it's similar in this situation. Like, you know, if if you play this and, and you miss, but like because you, they yeah, still the were thing you footage, named
0: right? was the dangerous one or the one you right. were worried about. So if they don't have it, well, OK, they don't have it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's just a universal use for it. I mean, and then, and then the specific uses are, like, there's a lot of characters that suffer greatly to certain secret actions. Um, Like, specifically, like, the weapon-based characters, like, really suffer to armaments. So, like, you know, your spinisters and your predakings will want this, like, in spades.
0: <laughs> um, it, It's just i'm sorry i just have to laugh at predicate i want <laughs> yeah. him to work so bad same with spinister because both the guys you mentioned but yes uh, they do we... want this i don't know if this is going to bring them back from the brink but yes <laughs> you are correct well, like there haven't
1: been a lot of Battlemaster decks in general because of one yeah either, so yeah like, yeah you know, no i
0: that's absolutely true um,
1: i mean i think this card's. A, i mean honestly i think the card's a little bit overrated because i think because people are like i have to jam three of this in every deck i make and i don't think that's true No, Um,
0: no. I think it it may start out that way, just like every every deck. Well, maybe not every deck, but a lot of decks were three of espionage at the beginning of wave two, and then it petered out as the wave went on. Yeah, I
1: think I think I think
0: I forget when we talked. We talked
1: about this with the um, when I was listening back to the show last week, one of the shows last week. um, (laughs) We talked about this with the um, like the anti direct damage secret action. That like the fact that this exists warps the format enough to. Yeah, to like 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 you said about that card, like the fact that it existed is what was more, most powerful about it. I think that's probably what's most powerful about this is the fact that like, so for example, like if you were going to run three hidden fortifications, three armaments in every blue deck, right? So now you may run two hidden verifications and a hold down, or you're sideboarding yeah. against combo, maybe two hijacks and two whatever the one was from last time, like, like the, speed trap. Yeah, uh, yeah. So like it diversifies your 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 secret actions you're going to play, and probably gives play to other secret actions that, like maybe you didn't want to run hold down because it's an orange, but now there's a reason to because
0: um, there's the threat that counter espionage right, could blow you out.
1: Right, right. So like that that to me is the most powerful thing is that like it's just going to force diversification of the secret actions that you that we actually see, and and that's positive probably. Um, you know like like the like now you could run like a hiding spot and a step forward instead of just one or the other like so I think it just forces that and I think that's really good and I think just the fact that we have an anti-secret action card is good in of itself so
0: I'll be honest I was kind of surprised that it seemed like the the obvious thing to exist at some point the anti-secret action but on by the same token I'm kind of surprised that they did create one that there isn't a you know, something that's untouchable. But I guess this does give them a pressure valve in that if suddenly there is a secret action that is super strong, okay, we'll just start running counter espionage if you're really that concerned. Uh, And then this way they don't have to cap the power level on secret actions necessarily as low as what they might have. Right, that's fair. Um, To one of your earlier points, I think the obvious thing also to keep in mind is that combo can run this as well to try and dodge secret actions. so it's something to keep an eye on um it is something i've been thinking about we've been talking about in general because you know whereas before it was wait out a hijack or wait out the future speed trap or ptt around it this gives you another way and if played correctly you could strip their response next turn obviously they could draw another one they could green something on defense or depending on how you set up springer turns you could play this and go off through air quotes a secret action that they played cuz you ripped the one away and then you go off during your end step via conversion engine it's going to be interesting because it's going to be a very delicate dance and i think that this is I could see it being awesome in that it's this interesting cat and mouse game, mm-hmm. or it could. But it's a very fine line because it could very easily teeter off that razor's edge to the other side of the fence, and it's just this is awful. <laughs> so uh, it's it's definitely going to be very interesting to see how this shapes up. Yeah, I think the other side of it, the
1: the the like regular old espionage esque part of it, is probably. Mm. Not as powerful as we've seen, but, like, it'll obviously have play against, like, you know, control decks and things like that, like any discard element would have. So Oh,
0: absolutely. And it is something that, because it's future-looking, uh it, so if you take the combo scenario, as in combo playing counter-espionage to address a secret action from the person opposing combo, it's also the same sort of scenario, just, I guess, with people hating one of the decks a little less. If, say, you're an aggressive build, you can, you know, if you're going to be going into the wheel turn next one of your turns, because you're wider than your opponent, you can try and strip away preemptively secret actions to limit their options. Uh, Plus, since you get a peek at their hand, even if you whiff, you know what secret action they played, most likely. Um, So getting that extra information does have different useful facets. There's no way in the game,
1: though, other than other actions that actually allow you to see your opponent's hand in any way, though,
0: right? I guess that new... does uh, That new... The one body lets you uh, oh, oh, run right, espionage, right. but you know what I mean. Like, it, it lets you... Um, I want to say duress, but that <laughs> it lets you take a no. card from their hand.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then... I guess that new Decepticon thing... The armor? Let you. Yeah, it wasn't, like, an armor that let you, like... Get an Autobot just...
0: card, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you get do... to look at their
1: hand and do it also, so, like...
0: Yeah, I think you look at their hand and choose an Autobot card, um, was the way it was worded. So there are ways of, like, making this a guaranteed hit, then? Yes. Okay. Uh, not a huge amount, but yeah, there. there's definitely ways to do it. Okay, that's good, though. Um... So I do like this card in general. I'm very curious to see where it, it, because it does tread a fine line in a number of matchups where it it could be similar to Espionage, where we think it's fantastic and then it peters out. But given the fact that it's the only thing that hits secret actions, I have a feeling we're definitely going to see a lot of it, especially initially. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we'll move on from Counter Espionage into a pair of upgrades. The first one being Ghost Shield. So, Ghost Shield is an orange pip armor that gives plus three defense, static. Uh, You can play this only to replace an armor on a character that has no empty armor slots. If an opponent's card would cause this to be scrapped from a character, you may scrap an armor from your hand instead. Uh, I really like this mechanic as a whole, Scott, but do you like the mechanic? Do you like the card? Do you care at all?
1: I like both, but the problem is is playing it fairly is going to be difficult,
2: oh, absolutely.
1: So, um, outside of like cards, you're not gonna play like new designs. Um, <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of turns to like it takes the problem is to play it fairly. Like, it's very easy, obviously, to get armors. Like, a million of them are green, right? Um, yeah. And that's where, most, that's where most of the ones that see play come from. So, like, it's very easy to, like, replace an armor. That's not the problem. The problem is it's very difficult to... When you actually look at deck lists nowadays competitively, like, you're only playing, like, two or three armors. So, if you're in that situation, you have to up the number of armor counts because once this is down, you have to protect it. So... To play it, again, You really fairly, need three armors. Counting right, us. right, right. So to play it fairly, you need to have drawn, at some point when you play this, a total of three armors before you play this. Yeah. One to, one to, one to replace, then this, then the third one, at, at least one more to protect it. And mm-hmm. obviously, again, like, this is not hard, because, like, you know, again, like, there are the rock, paper, scissors armors. There's extra padding. There's...
0: <laughs> there's jet fire. You know, right,
1: right. <laughs> Right, and that's what I mean. Like the unfair ways of playing this make that a make it a hell of a lot better. Like you're gonna want to hunker the hunker down this. You're gonna wanna yeah. wave one jet fire this because then you only you need that that just exponentially makes it so that every yeah. armor you draw or green back now is essentially a counter spell for whatever your opponent's trying to do to your armor. So undoubtedly it will see play in those decks. Undoubtedly it is it is is by far a very powerful tank card yeah uh, for hunger for hunker down and like i mean
0: i mean agro tanks probably loves this card
1: oh yeah yeah and we keep i mean we keep saying that wave one Jetfire, but it never comes to fruition so like we'll one, day. one
0: day one yeah,
1: day we'll, <laughs> we'll say it's good there but in reality like i mean he can get back force fields and things like that and it's never been good there either but like i guess this is enough of an excuse because it stays around because it can stay around That it, it might that it is very powerful so like i guess there's a a reason to explore that but like to me this is i mean i still think composite armor might be better but this is like i mean probably not i don't know like this is obviously an insane tank armor yeah um i think you would probably run this in most defensive decks as like a one of but what it means is that you have to up your armor count like to like at least five and i would say like every other armor you play has to be green and then you yeah. have this but i think it i think in a late game situation where you if you have or you're, if you're playing some kind of control deck that also draws a lot of cards i, I see no reason like not to play this card because unlike sort of un, sort of unlike the other one that we'll talk about next like this is above the curve like no armor can get this long. Like, body armor can almost get this large, um, like, mathematically, but it still isn't. Like, no, this is, like, this is by far above the curve where, I don't know that we can say that, where the weapon is solid and does a lot of things that are above the curve, but it, mm. its numbers are not above the curve. Like, this is obviously, like, above the curve. Like, it's technically a plus three with very little drawback. The, like right. Other than <clears throat> you have to replace another armor, but, like... It has tremendous upside, so, like, I can't see how this is not going to see play. Even in the fairway that I set up that makes it difficult, I still think you would play it as a one of. So I, I, I fail to see how, like, this is not going to see a, a tremendous amount of play across the board.
0: Yeah, I while you were explaining that, I looked up Galaxy Prime real quick, just for the wording, which it does reference play, specifically, as opposed to put... Um So we have to have another armor on him, that's all. Correct, yeah. Which, again, is something that you're probably going to do anyway in that deck. But it is something where you... To your point about trying to play it the fair way, it's going to require some additional hoops, some additional hurdles in order to actually get it into play, let alone protect it.
1: Yeah, and, like, aggro decks are going to want this because, again, like, a lot of them are playing multiple bashing shields anyway. And so, like, if 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 you're, like if you're playing three bashing shields and, like, one other armor for whatever reason, like, again, it's an orange, you can always just get out of your hand to go get another green, and if you actually put it in play, it's probably going to save you an attack. So, like, there, again, like, this is really powerful to me across the board, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, similar to what you said about Wave 1 Jetfire, I keep hoping for that tanks build, and each set we're inching a little bit closer, it's just a matter of whether the other decks are taking instead of inch or strides measured in inches, they're taking strides measured in feet. And I, I'm hoping that it can close the gap or keep pace at the very least. And I think this is going to help it because obviously the throwing this on, say a demolisher is going to be funny. It may not be composite armor. Like you said, a a little bit worse, quote unquote, but it's close enough. (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to trying this thing out, I guess is the bottom line.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the only negative I'll say about it is that, like, you can do all those tricks with superior plating, and no one does. So, like...
0: Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um,
1: which, like, in a in a defensive deck is still going to be more powerful.
0: Um, the difference and- here is that your tech research, I think, is the card that you have yeah. to actually play to play superior plating. Or any of the superior things, all of your armor are tech researches, so to speak, yeah, and then yeah, also no. obviously that you could protect this from at least their first bashing shield reasonably.
1: Yeah, I mean the the protection ability is ridiculous, and it's clearly the most powerful part. It's just that like it requires setup by the by by you to get it going, but I, but I don't see a reason why that's a negative at all. So
0: it's definitely going to be. Um, I can envision games where it's going to feel like your opponent gets this early, however they do it, and then it just literally never goes away because they always have an armor, and it's going to be exceptionally frustrating when you play like your third bashing shield and this thing still won't die. Right. <laughs> and that's going to happen. And the funny thing is uh, because it's the higher... Static defense, bashing shield kind of has more value because typically you value it at a an air quotes plus two compared to other yeah. armors. This is since you would be popping three defense, it's worth more. But that turn where you go to bashing shield and they pitch an armor, you're gonna feel real bad. <laughs> yeah, like Jetfire loves this
1: card, Galaxy Prime loves this card. So yeah.
0: like there are yeah. going to be decks running this card, that's for sure. Yeah. Um so it, it does Also, therefore, lend more value to disruption, like hand disruption, from aggressive decks as well. Because then you can kind of, you know, even if you counter espionage and you can't literally strip an armor, you know that they have armor to feed this thing, and that's more information of what your plays should be. Sure. Um, So, I guess we can move on there from Ghost Shield after that. Uh, We'll move on to the other half of it i guess is master sword which obviously all of the uh legend of zelda jokes came out of the woodwork Mm -hmm. um master sword is a blue pip weapon it is static for attack and it has a very similar card text where you can play this only to replace a weapon on a character that has no empty weapon slots if an opponent's card would cause us to be scrapped from a character you may scrap a weapon from your hand instead uh I kind of wish it was named the Star Saber, uh, but can't have everything.
1: I was going to say the same thing, how random.
0: Yeah, um, (laughs) I mean, I get he's a character also, but, like, there is a weapon called the Star Saber, so I don't know. Anyway, lore complaints aside, uh, where do you feel this one fits, Scott? Do you think it's going to show up as commonly as its counterpart? probably not um
1: for a blue weapon obviously it's above the curve um but but like is it like is it that much better than energon axe where you're i mean obviously protecting it is what's really powerful but like not getting the pierce enforcement
0: batons is not as i mean i guess it is as common as bashing shield thanks to airstrike patrol but you can dodge opposing armaments I, i i kind of agree with you that it's it's cool that it'll stick. I just don't know in an aggro deck, A being a blue pip, and B, how often are you guys living that you could replace some somebody that had a weapon with this? Unless I mean I wouldn't play this in
1: a, I wouldn't play this in an aggro deck because you can already get a plus four weapon anyway.
0: Well yeah, but then it's redundancy of plus four weapons. I mean I mean, you you. I always want more plus fours when I'm playing orange. I just don't know if I want to go to this length for it.
1: I mean, it's fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, in in, in a lot of decks, there are weapons you want to replace. Like, your own hovercraft isn't doing a lot after it does its ability. Um, your, oh, yeah, um, of course. But then, like, you know, you can't replace javelins. You can't replace great launchers can't replace
0: well i mean i guess you could just (laughs) not throw the javelin it's a may but i don't know how often Uh, that's gonna come up
1: (laughs) um you know and so i I, but i do think that i do think the blue control decks will want to play this as a one of because again like you know it's a fine replacement for your hovercrafts so like that's where I think it's going to be, like, most powerful. It's also a fine replacement for, like, you know, decks that just run one batons to get the batons off the guy and back into the, mm. the scrap pile. And then, because most decks are running, like, you know, eight to nine weapons anyway, unlike armor, where, like, you have to actually, like, adjust your deck to put more of them in, you're going to just have a redundancy of weapons anyway. So, like, the protection ability is going to come into play. Mm. I don't know. I, I just don't know how big it is losing, like, the Pierce of an Energon Axe, which is the obvious most powerful blue weapon um yeah but maybe I, if it's not that big of a deal then like a lot of control matchups come down to like who draws and sticks the axe anyway so like this is going to be who draws and your the ability to stick the weapon is going to be obviously built into the ability so yeah it's it's going to be powerful so like i i can i de- control decks will definitely want this is at least a one of so like i i fail to see how like this won't see play mm. um so yeah, I mean, it seems, it seems good to me
0: the one of the things that came to mind as as you were speaking was, is there a big enough difference between eleven and twelve? So the reason I'm saying that is I'm picturing octone. Or, I mean, there are other examples, of course, but octone, specifically because I've been messing around or you know like at least rolling around in my head octone and soldier's blaster because it's a relatively consistent way to put him at 11 attack because in general you're not punching another mercenary yeah. additionally if you were to say replace the soldier's blaster okay you can green back soldier's blaster to also feed this thing clearly not right away you're probably only running one soldier's blaster or whatever um but it gives you another way to to try and get this into play the quote-unquote fairway, assuming we don't have another way to cheat it in. I just don't know if the difference between 11 and 12, even without the Pierce from Energon Axe in the Soldier's Blaster scenario, that it's enough. Maybe it is. I'd I, I have to sit down and map it out whether that that really matters. It's a protection, though. It's it's mm-hmm. it's It's, again, the control matchup's coming down to who sticks
1: the largest weapon mm-hmm. is bigger than their opponent. So, like that's where i think this
0: comes into play. Well, so. yeah, but in that scenario if i guess you could find room for a single master sword at some stage in the yeah. in your 40. Uh but w- is it that much better than a soldier's blaster that you could just green as the replacement, i guess because of the pip it would be. So i i guess it you'd probably go that route is where
1: i'm coming to. I think it would open up to like the green weapon you want to run is a more universal, like a like a, um, like a, baton in that situation or in sided control decks, like, you know, mm-hmm. a Scoundrels or a Nobles. So, like, I just think you're having more options. So, I, I definitely see this as being a one, at least a one-of in most control decks.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, chat's correcting me. Javelin isn't a May. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I'll take your word on it. <laughs> um, no, and- you can just not throw it. I mean, well, they're saying it's not a may on the the range side. Like you have to throw it. Oh really? Okay, sure. I I mean I can't I I can't think of a scenario where I didn't want to. So it, it sure. never like. Um, and then they're also saying that the master sword was actually a named accessory that Fort Max came with in the Takara version. So that explains why it's master sword. I still would rather it was a star saber, but I get it. Fort Max is, a, mm-hmm. is the set, you know.
1: But is it Sideswipe on both these cards, right?
0: Uh, no. Oh, it's not? Okay. Uh, Sideswipe can now mass shift, I guess. <laughs> He's humongous. I don't know. Oh, is it? Is it Fortress of Max on both
1: these cards? Yeah. Because it's, it's the same character on both cards. Right. He has the armor and the weapon. I, right. I thought it was Sideswipe, okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's Fort Max. Oh, okay. Shadow, correct me as soon as we move on to a new card, so we'll move on and I'll get the an answer. Um, <laughs> uh, so next one up is Nitro Booster. Uh, this is another double black pip, except it's a black pip and a car black pip. It's a utility upgrade, and when the upgraded character attacks and has three or less attack, untap it and scrap this card. So... You get a double black pip ready for action, sort of. Uh, but you have a different hoop to jump through. So we've seen the power of untaps before, but I guess they—they've kind of fallen off. Like cars isn't the uh, the ubiquitous threat that it was in t- in sets past. But this isn't although it has the car black pip, it's not requiring you to literally use cars. you don't have to see other decks can get untaps to do interesting things. You love untaps, Scott right like is the you're, you love this card or no
1: <laughs> if you get an orange in the middle of combat that turns you over then the three attack, you don't get to do it right like oranges would count for this right it's not your base like printed attack right
0: i think it's going to be whatever you enter combat with the reason i say that is so it says when the upgraded character attacks and so i think there's a window of when attacks then and like you're entering combat then you flip afterwards i think if
1: that's the case and this is a lot better than i thought it was than i thought it was because I mean, then you can basically attack yeah. with a three-attack guy without a weapon on them, or somehow a lower-attack guy with a weapon on it. Um, and I mean,
0: sure, maybe <laughs> if, you, if you play one of the uh, the battle patrol guys, like the tank, <laughs> yeah. the, the one one attack tank. Yeah.
1: Um, and then your and if your oranges don't count, then, then 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 that's going to be positive because you're basically getting like up to five and then getting to untap. So like that makes this a lot better if that's the case.
0: Yeah. And then it lends itself to, uh, obviously that we're talking a hypothetical orange black build that bold effects would then be more valuable than static attack buffs for obvious reasons, because then you can actually it, artificially, I guess, inflate your attack value after you miss the window. If that's how it works.
1: I mean, if that's how it works, doesn't like kickback really like this? Then, I mean, like obviously, like I mean, yeah. Because if you untap right away, you're not even vulnerable to be hacked back. So, like, right? If that's the case, and this will see a lot more play. So, I think it just depends on which. I assume it does work that way, and then mm-hmm. this is really, this is pretty powerful, then, because I don't even care about the car part of it. I just care that like, oh yeah, you can no find, you can find like. Like the demolishers, the lionizers, the the kickbacks of the world are going to really want this card. I don't. It could be, yeah. be a blank. That it could be a blank. vet at that point, for all I care, it's no. I mean, I guess it's just an upgrade ready for action at that point. So, like at that point, right. you're just getting redundancy. You can treasure hunt for
0: your ready for action. <laughs> right.
1: Right. So at that point, if that's the case, then this is a lot more powerful than than that. And like any, pretty much any deck that's like bold based, small guy anything will want this. I I really don't care that it has that car thing at all at this point, at that point.
0: Yeah. uh, Let's just assume the worst-case scenario, just so we cover all bases. If if Orange Pips screw with this, is this something you're never going to look at again?
1: Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it out of a black base deck then at that point.
0: Mm.
1: Like, there's nothing wrong with basically assuring that you're doing three damage all the time
0: yeah if you were a a blue black deck or even a uh black pick focus deck
1: right then at that point it's still fine but i think at that point isn't just i mean at that point like the other untaps are probably just gonna be better right i mean because you should be
0: i think then so something like and i saw somebody say this offline the uh the decepticon sports car patrol so it's not just an untap um it, it it's a piercing blaster and untap, which sounds stupid, but like it, it if you're a black pip focused deck guaranteeing that damage and untapping could be important. Hypothetically, I I guess. I don't know. Um I mean, I, no matter
1: no matter how you slice it, it's always gonna be an upgrade untap. So it's always gonna be like a way of getting the ability out of an upgrade instead of an action. So I still think it's gonna be positive no matter how you slice it. It just if if it winds up being where you know the orange pips don't count or i mean just in general like like it's going to be very difficult to like you know um like bigger they are a guy and then be able to use this yeah so like you i still think it's going to be powerful but like especially in those other if the oranges don't count but like even then like you have to be careful because you're you're like you're going to be limited to like a lot of and this probably is not a bad thing, but, like, bold base actions at that point instead mm-hmm. of, like, reckless charging, bigger they are, things like that, which is fine. I mean, like, I think the game is always striking a balance between static stats and, and off, you know, flip stats. So right, it's probably intentional.
0: Well, um, I think that it, like you said, because it's an effect Outside of turbo boosters, I can't think of anything else. I mean, I guess there's that MicroMaster thing that untaps, too. Right. um, It's blank and terrible. Yeah. This does it in two unique ways. One, it's an upgrade. So it's rarer in that well, I guess I'd have to look at the card list. But I'm going to say for the sake of argument, it's rarer. It also untaps things right away. So to your point about the kickbacks and those things, a ready for action, a starter engines, a whatever required that the character that got out there survived a hit and that's in the modern world that's not necessarily a guarantee even for higher health pool higher defense characters because sometimes your opponent just unloads on them and cripples them or if you went second they punched that guy and now they're already damaged so they don't have to hit quite as high of a Yes, this is on a three-attack character, but like you said, there are things like kickback, lionizer, etc., that could still punch hard enough and then still remain safe because hiding behind scrapnel as we've seen, is pretty good. This will be insane if
1: that's the way it's, and I am pretty sure it will be ruled that way. And this this will be insane, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of potential for this, and even if it works out in the or goes the less powerful route. Like you were saying, I think there's still opportunities there for this thing to make a splash regardless. So I expect that Nitro Booster is going to have a home somewhere. Yeah, agreed. So we'll move on from Nitro Booster. That's actually going to close out the battle cards. And then we need to get the new bodies that we've been introduced to. Uh, So the first one up is Fangry, which was fantastic because we did in speaking with drew he did indicate that there were going to be more heads than bodies uh fangry for some reason was in my head at the time even though he is now a body but it's cool that they're reaching for some of these other characters um since there weren't going to be any well not that there aren't any but only three reprint characters reoccurring characters um it's fun that they're they're pulling in some of these other, I guess, lesser-known guys. I don't know if Fangry Counts as widely known or not. He was one of the original headmasters, right? I mean, he was, but I don't know. It's one of those things that when you talk to a lot of people and you ask them about Transformers, if they said they were a fan, most people jump to who you expect in the movie cast sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like everybody, uh, the next largest chunk is probably like, Beast Wars people, as opposed to people that were real excited about Headmasters. But I know there is a a faithful contingent for them. Uh, but anyway, enough of a digression. We'll talk about Fangry Skytracker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's yet another member of the Beast Tribe. He's melee. He's a four eleven two. He's six stars, which I think is the smallest body we've seen. It's tied with another one. We're yeah. About. Um, well, coming into this, yeah. Two, so two of them. I think two of them. Yeah. Uh while this is attacking an enemy that has more stars than him, he has bolt two. And then in his body mode, he's also melee four eleven two. And while this is defending against an enemy that has fewer stars than him, he has tough two. Uh let's talk about the body mode first, Scott. Do you feel that this guy like does that body mode do anything for you? <laughs>
1: Oh, the body mode is fewer? I thought it was still... I think they were both greater.
0: No, it's fewer than him, so he only has tough against tinier guys. I don't know. Don't ever flip this guy ever.
1: Before. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I wanted to get that one out of the way. So, well,
0: let's let's then talk about the, the alt mode, the, the other mode. Um, the much more interesting visually mode, because we got a, a werewolf with bat wings, and it, as the toy that I'm holding, you can also turn into a little dragon. Anyway. Uh. Um, so garage
1: yeah, this guy's awesome. I mean, this, guy's, this, guy's, super this guy's super cheap. I mean, like, like, you, like you, you don't like. I know we constantly are talking about, it and I, I know it's in my head, always thinking about like the one star heads, but like you, you don't want this guy to be higher in cost anyway, due to right. his ability.
0: I mean, this is very much one of those. Um, I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it a breadcrumb card. Because I know there's another term, but that sort of thing where I really feel like wizards is yeah, use the one star head guys, <laughs> like use that one.
1: Is he 411-1 or four eleven two? And
0: four eleven two in that mode.
1: So he's like a better barrage when you put the bold head on.
0: Yeah, I mean you know, with the whole static versus bold thing, but obviously, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be playing certain things to. And by that, I mean, you're going to be playing oranges to, to make sure that he's hitting the right stuff.
1: I mean, and you get
0: the head later. So, like, there's... Yeah, this
1: guy's like... I mean, I think the Decepticon... And we'll, we'll, we'll obviously do a show rounding up all the Titan Masters at the end, but, like...
0: And that one will also be six hours.
1: Like, <laughs> but the, the Decepticon Titan Masters that are introduced this week, specifically, that we're talking about, are all super powerful to me, and I think this is, like really really pot like this is powerful in my opinion
0: yeah i really like this guy um and it seems fairly straightforward so let me ask you this scott outside of the bold one chat's saying run him with clobber who we haven't gotten to yet uh then he then he costs too much right that is the concern but are there it are there any scenarios where you want a larger head do you see any reason that uh it would show up in i mean we were talking about blue bolt decks a number of times were these black pip decks is your mind solely all in on orange for this guy right now
1: when i thought the body mode allowed you to defend against higher guys not lower i thought you could do the blue black root but not anymore now it's just solely orange because now that mode doesn't mean anything to me so i would just go with the
0: yeah yeah i mean there is the potential uh since i know you were all hyped on overwhelming advantage a while back it's another innate, bold guy that's a Decepticon, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, this guy's super powerful. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I mean,
0: you just stick the bold head on him and you're good to go. Like, yep. There's just it, no doubt about it. It's it's a pretty simple plan. Step one, attach bold head. Uh, Step two, uh, yeah. profit, <laughs> or something yes. like that. Is that. Yes. That's not how the meme yeah. goes, but it's close enough.
1: Yes. There's no underwear involved. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, I should have expected that and I still almost spit my tea out. Um yeah. anyway. So <laughs> uh any other thoughts on Fangri? I know this one it's funny because like some of the bad cards we were real short on, but this one's really solid and it's just like, okay, yeah, just play this guy.
1: No, I mean to me, six cost titan masters are awesome because they just give you so many options and basically allow you to like see the ability for what it is, and, and it's probably the starting point you want to be at. And this is just This is just such a simple... You get to attack with a giant guy, and then you get a head that also gets a giant attack off himself. Like, Mm -hmm. I think this will be, like, one of the standout ones, because it's just so obvious as to how much damage potential this character with the head has, like, as an overall unit, that, like, it's almost impossible to mess it up.
0: Yeah. So... And again, I I really appreciate that it's on Fangry of all characters, because I... I, while I do love all the Transformers, it, there are ones that I'm obviously more attached to than others, and Fangry is just he—he's amusing to me, and I'm looking forward to playing with him just from a uh, outside the game perspective. I think it's going to be fun to to slam him on the table.
1: Yeah, I remember the famous comic art from like the Headmaster series where he's like all spitting out and shit like that. So
0: yeah, this one, that, so. it I like the the art on this is awesome. Like they. They made it look like fur on the on yeah, the parts. And they, they have the full moon in the background. And Fangry's pretty cool. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So, rare. He is rare. Yes. sweet. <laughs> I wonder why you're excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> but we'll move on from Fangry. We'll save that for another time. And move on to Horrible. Who again is a, one of the characters that I, I really appreciate. So Horrible Ground Trooper is a beast melee 392, six stars. When you flip to alt mode, move one damage counter from this to an enemy. And then in body mode, melee, 491. When you play a black pip card, do one damage to an enemy and one damage to this, aka the body. So, this is one of the ones that I'm sure you're referring to earlier that, you know, rivals the low body cost. We got this one chronologically first before Fangry, I believe, and I remember seeing this and being really excited about potential for him. Um, The first thing that came to mind was some insane combo-based thing because you could stack a bunch of damage and then just go, Oh, look, my guy's dead, but I have 50 triggers if you concoct a way to do that. Haven't figured out how exactly I'm going to do that yet, but the potential is there. what less obscene concoctions did you have in mind for this guy, Scott?
1: I mean just the amount of incremental advantage you're gonna gain off this in either side of deck. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it turns all your black plate cards into zaps. Yeah. I don't care about the I don't care about the one damage going on him.
0: He's probably all. gonna die within the against an aggro deck at least for sure, within the first hit anyway. He only has in that mode a total of Ten health.
1: Well, I mean, you get the head.
0: Well, yeah, uh, yes, too. that's fair. Depending on which head you attach to him, it, it could be different. But he's still not a—he's not the most sturdy character. We'll put it that way. And he's six base
1: or so. Se- he's six base, right?
0: Six base, yes. Yeah.
1: So, like again, the only thing—the only downside of him is that he's—he's flip intensive. But like, you can definitely—it is very easy to have turns where you, um you play a black-based weapon, you play a black-based ability, and then you flip him, and you basically just...
0: One-shell-stand like, at somebody. <laughs> better
1: better one-shell-stand at somebody because you only wound up taking, like, one in the end because you, you transferred one of the damage over. Yeah. So, like, sure. you just three you just three damage for one across their, like, spread out however you want. I mean,
0: like... Yeah. That's
1: pretty good. Um,
0: yeah, Chad's Oh, god, Sorry.
1: I mean, not to mention the inborn combos with, like... Detritus, sound blaster. Mm-hmm. Because they all play the cards, also. So like that also re triggers this.
0: Exactly. So
1: so there's a lot of potential to like cheat this ability as well outside of just basically, again like one shell standing every other turn. Again, assuming there's no, we still haven't seen a flip effect for the bodies to to right. alt
0: move. Well, it's funny you I mean, say that because uh, Chats was saying showing off, but yeah, we we've mentioned on m- numerous occasions in the past that the hypothetical showing off for bodies, which the more we see of this set, it feels like an inevitability. Which means, for me, at the same time, I start doubting it. And I'm like, well, they'll probably do that next set, <laughs> kind of thing. I mean,
1: showing off with this guy is basically like double flinging, which is not. It just turns showing off into a fling, which is not as good it's not black.
0: Right. Um, well, so it was like, the the showing off effect. Like it, uh, hypothetically, if there's a showing off with uh, for the bodies, that's a black pip it would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, but I mean,
1: like we we just talked about um, whatever that cobalt therapy thing is. Um,
0: that's black counter espionage. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. The only the only downside is like like playing a face down secret action will not trigger this. Just keep that yep. in mind. Yeah, because um, they are
0: blank. But I mean... Shout out to Wave 2 Skywarp. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but, I mean, steady shot, rock toss, all these, you know, composite armor. Like, they're just... They don't all have to go on him. They just have to be played in a turn. And, like, the amount of incremental advantage you're going to get off this guy is just ridiculous. Like, this guy is really awesome in my opinion like this this set is very anti like scrapnel especially but like just very anti like
0: well we were just talking guys. about how nasty bugs could be if they get untapped. so here's your here's one of your solutions
1: <laughs> i mean like wedge formation drawing a card and repairing and like you yep. know plant planning like all these like i mean we've talked in the past about how like the black cards were seemed like they were I guess like overcosted for what they did
0: a lot of yeah. times the the dual pip just ones a, but just like, a scotch underpowered yeah
1: but when you're turning all your black cards into zaps I mean come on like this is
0: seems this okay is awesome. yeah it, awesome. it's funny you said wedge formation because Chad did bring that up as well special delivery which is also kind of funny they won't yeah. quite the so if you have no damage on him you special delivery. Special delivery is going to go off, and then you do the trigger for him, so you, you do have to, like, change your timing a bit, but it's as simple as, okay, well, I'll play a, a black pip weapon first, then special delivery, then do it again sort of thing. Um, and it doesn't have to be things played to him either, which is right, really cool, right. so it's That's just, you'll yeah, you just sit this guy in the back, let him, you know, do his thing for a couple turns, and then you send him out there, and then he pops his head off, and you go on with your life.
1: Yeah, I think mean, the fact that he can be in either side of the deck is what's really powerful. I mean, he's awesome in aggro, and then he's, like, pretty awesome in control. So, like, I don't... The only downside yeah. of him is that, like, he's probably going to be a low-star, quote-unquote, like, mid- to low-star character on your team. And he's flip-intensive. So, like, that's the yeah. only downside of him but like as long as you can work around that i think it's fine
0: i'll be honest i don't know how much you're gonna use his flip to alt i mean obviously you want to but i kind of envision the normal play pattern with him just gonna be i play i flip him on one i play if i'm going second i play a black pip card get in on two i play two black pip cards i send him in and it's like, all right, well, I've gotten a free three damage just by advancing my board. As long as he's not going to die to direct damage himself as a result of you self-damaging, which he shouldn't, you know, unless they, I guess if they went after him first, that's probably fine. I don't know how, like you said, to the flip intense, uh, I don't know how much you're going to be flipping him back and forth. Like, yeah. That's fair. There are, there certainly are, well, I was going to say there are characters that are big that don't want to flip, but they are kind of few and far between. Usually flip once, but I mean like, like a nemesis type situation, but like, yeah,
1: but like Bludgeon loves this guy. Like this guy's awesome yeah, with Bludgeon. He seems, he seems okay with Bludgeon. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're like, you're like, my, you're like doing four with him, with Bludgeon. If you play a black weapon and a black upgrade in the same turn. Like that's seems insane.
0: Seems okay.
1: Yeah. Like seems this okay. set this, this set at times is very self contained. Like we talked last time about Windsweeper with Sky Shadow. Like mm-hmm. this guy with Bludgeon seems pretty self contained within the set and like a
0: pretty powerful combo. So absolutely, yeah. He uh I I appreciate Horrible's presence and uh what he's gonna do. I expect to see him a fair amount, and I'm excited to try them out too. Like it, it, it it's echoing the same points, but I think the fact that all those black pips that we've been wondering for so long, like you said, that why is this just like the black pip is a hindrance, and it's it's to carry all this extra weight for the cost. Now we have a pretty good reason as to why that's the case. I'm I, I wonder was this effect on another bot earlier in development and then it got shoved onto Horrible later in development? You know, like it got shoved out of the Black Pip set or initial sets and ended up here? Or was it later on after they said, oh, yeah, well, maybe Black Pips aren't quite where we want them to be. We'll give them a boost. I'm curious what that timeline was. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, But anyway, uh, any other thoughts for Horrible?
1: No, I mean, just be on the lookout for more cards like Master Metalicato Metallicado that just have a black pip stuck on them that, like, you really barely use it, but, like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, you still get to do a damage, so.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't matter if it's actually a black pip in combat, he only cares if you play <laughs> right. it, so. Right, right. Uh, pretty, pretty sneaky there. <laughs> Alright, yeah. uh, we'll move on to our last card for this section. As you'd imagine, we're going to split this into two, and I'm going to... Make it a little bit easier for editing. Um, So our last one is Decepticon Quake. Another body. Uh, He is tank and ranged in alt mode. He's seven stars. Four, eight, three. While this is your only character on the battlefield, he has plus two attack. And then over in body mode, he's ranged. Five, eight, two. When this or another character is KO'd, do one damage to each character. Uh, we've already had the self-damaging theme with Cup as one of the other bodies. I'm sure there will be other things that are going to trigger based on doing that self damage. You love direct damage, Scott. Take it away. <laughs> so,
1: just to make sure, when another one of your another character is KO'd, he does take one damage.
0: Uh, when this do each other, so no, he will not take damage if one of your other guys croaks while he's on the board. See, that's not how I read it, but okay. Like, like because because the each is in capitals for some weird
1: reason, so I figured.
0: Well, they they're doing that to because I've seen this in I think Magic started doing this too, but a lot of games have picked up on this. Where I guess newer players, it's like, well, why would I ever damage my own guys? Or they, I think the base assumption for a lot of very like you've never played a card game before is that like you can't hurt your own stuff. Like friendly fire is off, so you you can't ever damage your guys, and I think that's why, but it does say each other characters, I would assume that means he can't poke himself,
1: see, I just took it as well, I guess if the character's ko, it can't damage itself, so I guess that does make sense. I don't know it's hard to
0: yeah i mean sense. that that does bring up the the one obvious question that a lot of, I saw a lot of people ask of the timing between. Him dying and the head coming off. The assumption right now, which I don't think has been officially said, is that you just stack them appropriately so that, oh yeah, deal one to everybody, then my head hits the board.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's how it works. You just you stack right. it in a way that you don't have the head take down. You could if you want to,
0: but you just don't. Don't, don't, pl- don't play those one health heads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
1: <laughs> um, uh, I mean, this guy's stats are ridiculous. Um, his attack and defense stats or really, He, I
0: thought he was 6-base. He's 7-base? He's 7-base. Yeah, I... Okay, so I love the symmetrical ability in body mode because I think you said it offline, Scott. These sort of things are very commonly leveraged in card games that you can find ways to either take advantage of the self-damage or mitigate the self-damage and therefore... You're never hurting yourself with these sort of things. It's any kind of everybody gets this thing or this happens to everybody. You come in with that advantage. You know it's going to happen, so you build your deck to address it and deal with it. I don't know. I, I wasn't thrilled with him otherwise just because of the, the base eight health, and I feel like we're going to be going into a world where there's going to be a lot of direct damage. Yeah, but he helps
1: that. I mean, like he's ranged in both modes, he has three defense. I could care less about his last guy on the battlefield thing. That that's oh, so no, it's like I can even
0: I don't know. I don't know much about Quake, to be perfectly honest. I don't I'm assuming there's some last stand sort of story with him.
1: Yeah. Um but his his body mode is extremely aggro um, friendly. Yeah. Uh, I mean like you attack a guy for like you know, let's just say like eight, Could you put a bold head on him, um, mm-hmm. and then you get to tag their whole t- like then you get to like better squish them like bugs like that never that doesn't see much play, like I mean, he just anytime you again like anytime you can gain extra advantage off of just advancing what you want to be doing mm. Mm-hmm. There's no downside whatsoever. He, he yeah. obviously combos with like the last two characters we talked about, just because of his low cost and then their low mm-hmm. cost. And there's a lot of there's a lot of synergy there. Like any like he's ranged, so like you have hovercrafts and javelins and all the ways to like KO guys outside of combat. So then his ability triggers again.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say um, him. How many stars is Bludgeon eleven?
1: Yeah, him okay, and Bludgeon so, are insane. Well, it, it would. You know, I was gonna
0: say it, it. It's going to be pushing it star-wise, but a, uh, like, bludgeon PTT somebody with this to set up another turn, and you do direct damage on that turn, too. Like, yeah, there's a a number of ways, again, like I was saying, to to break the symmetry of his body mode effect.
1: Yeah, and I I just, um, I'm trying to think of it, there's never really been an ability like this that, like, I think there is another one that we're going to talk about. That does what? That does something similar to, like, after you KO a guy. Oh, that's right. It's the Whirl ability. Um, mm-hmm. oh, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like, again, it's just like the other characters. Like, I mean, not so much Fangry, because he's just insane, like, stats-wise. But it's very yes. similar to Horrible. <laughs> like, you're just advancing your board and damaging other characters on your opponent's side of the field, like... There's zero downside to this whatsoever other than,
0: I guess, technically your other guys are getting damaged, but you can just work, like, we, make, again, use that to your advantage. So It's like when we talked about Scouting Mission, the, the ping pep talk, mm-hmm. that, yes, damaging your guys is bad, question mark, but as we've seen way back when in Wave 1, as early as Static Laser of Ironhide, if you're playing an aggressive deck and maybe even another builds depending on what you do, who cares? <laughs> like, right. like, who cares? <laughs> you can, you're getting free damage, like you said, for advancing your board plan. If every, uh, your guys are going to die, this guy is going to give you another body via the head. If there's, If there's a wide build to make this happen, great. Like, there has to be a way to do something with this.
1: I mean, you don't want it in your own against Y team, so you don't want it in a YT because you don't want your entire side of the board being hovercrafted all the time. I mean,
0: you don't, but at the same time, it depends on what matchups you're running up against, because again, the, the one damage may or may not matter. Like, if your guy's gonna die anyway, you can hovercraft them, too, and it's when this or another character, so it's even their characters dying.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 that's, so.
0: that's that's what's good about it. Because, like I said, you attack
1: mm-hmm. for basically eight damage, K.O. some small guy, and then ping their whole board. Yep. I mean, turns on Barrage, turns on, like, you know... Yeah, this is... This is in that trio, and I'm glad we did them one, you know, three in a row, that I think... I think... I don't know, yeah, we'll get to this later, but, like... I There are certain Titan Masters I really like, and, like all three of these Decepticons I really like.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I am pleasantly surprised that uh Team Purple has gotten a series of characters that that were very interesting. Um not that they haven't before, but it definitely like I'm really excited to try each of these guys out. Yeah, which is funny because to me
1: in, in lore, quote unquote, hmm. I always felt like it was like, oh the Decepticons just like the Autobots did the ability, and the Decepticons were like, "Yep, we're we're coming too for along for the ride." Yeah, <laughs> in this for 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 the Headmaster ability, and I feel like I feel like other than like Perceptor and Cup, I feel like the advantage here is on the Decepticon side. It's
0: now shifted. Yeah, uh, I can get ah! behind that idea. It Quake is definitely going to be interesting, but in I'm more excited, I think, for the other two. Even though Fangry, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, is very. Will say plain, I guess, because it's I smash stuff good, but yeah, but horrible and and quake present some unique options to try and leverage parts of the game that to this point, I mean, it, they don't that wasn't really a thing for each of their respective abilities.
1: I mean, it was poorly, like, was so, so yeah
0: well i sure <laughs> we'll go with that i don't really have anything for slipstream uh it's been a while since i was excited about slipstream i'll say that um so before we close up on this half scott any thoughts about any of the the reveals that we've covered so far any additional thoughts i guess
1: no like i guess this is a powerful batch so
0: yep Uh, So we're going to close up this half. Stay tuned for the second half where we're going to cover the remainder of the reveals. But as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Tech Talk.